middle cough. Hey, babe. This podcast is not live on YouTube. If you're watching this, welcome. If you're listening to it, what's up? And the reason is because we are recording an interview with Greg Papa. You asked, I would say, one of the most requested guests we uh, guest requests we get, John. So Greg Papa coming up on the show today. Yeah, voice of uh, the 49ers. Voice of the 49ers. Long stint with the uh, another football team. After a long stint with another football team. But not the football team, but uh, I think they go by the Raiders. That's right. That's right, John. Um, so we're going to talk to Greg coming up. Before we do, though, a couple of things, including the fact that we're sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka, John, the number one vodka in America. Greg's not here to approve of it, but he probably would. Oh, he would have. We probably need to, uh, hell, I could just, he doesn't live that far away from me. Just go take him a bottle. Uh, number one vodka in America. You guys know the drill. When you're drinking your Tito's this weekend, when you're going to purchase your Tito's, whenever you have Tito's anywhere around you, you post it on Instagram, you post it on Twitter, and you often, we're grassroots people, just tell your friends if they're not drinking Tito's, you make sure if you're at a bar with a friend and he tries to get another drink, you say no. Tito's and soda, right? You do not let him order anything else. You get him a Tito, a John Daly, if you're playing golf. Even though if you're in the Bay Area, it's a little rainy, guy. We, we need a little rain, if, yep. you know, the drought. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Tito's. Just, just sit sit, sit with a blanket and watch the rain fall, John, while sipping on a Tito's. Not a, that's a good idea, guy. That is an idea. Right? Yeah. You know, just watch the world. Just take a moment. Take a mental health day or yeah. 10 minutes. Watch the moment. Have, watch the world. Watch some rain. Have a drink. Someone needs to pour Ben Simmons a, uh, a double, I think. God. <laughs> a lot going on there, John. But that's that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, we're big fans. Many of you already are. Tito built the thing from the ground up solo. I'm going solo. I'm going solo. Solo in 95, 19 credit cards. First distillery legal in Texas. And he started pouring for free at fundraisers. Fundraising and charity still a big part of the ethos of Tito's, John. Uh, right now, go find your Tito's, and you'll find the best vodka. Six times distilled in copper pots, not columns. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Yep, go get it. Tito's, number one vodka in America. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM, the number one. Well, right now, they'll match that first deposit and double it. They'll double it up to $1,000 um, when you use the code HAM and the number one. HAM1. Uh, you can decline the bonus because if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you withdraw funds. But either way, Ham won. Let them know we sent you. We have won four in a row on the lock of the week. And this we're, week we're is really guys. tough. No, yeah, but we're, we're getting tested this week. Well, I think you go through this stretch in the National Football League. From like week five, it feels like week eight or nine, where there are consistent bye weeks. So you just have less teams playing, which means you have less games to pick from. And then just the statistical odds, you're going to get some just terrible games because teams that start going one and seven, one and eight, they got to play other teams. And they might end up playing a team that's seven and one. And all of a sudden, that line is 20 points. And there are several lines this week that are 15, 16, 17 points. I don't even know what to do with those. I, I do not feel comfortable. We've done it before. It's easier to meet early in the season, midseason. You just never know. Like, once I get an NFL player seeing they're playing a team that's one and seven, they're like, "Are they? Am I getting their best effort? <laughs> you know, am I getting their best effort?" 
you're not. It's actually why I think a good strategy, if we find this happens on a Monday night football game coming up, you know, sometimes they just, the way the schedule is, you get a shitty team on Monday night football. They usually play pretty well because that game kind of turns in their Super Bowl. It's like, do you guys have any pride? You know, and then we like, oh, Tampa's playing the one and seven Jags and all of a sudden it's tie game in the third quarter. That's something to keep an eye on. But this week was not easy and I hated the NFL slate guy. So we're going with a top, we're going with the 10th ranked team in the nation getting points on the road. How many points are we getting with Oregon at UCLA this week? Well, when I, uh, I think when I brought it up a couple days ago, it was three and now it's one, which makes me feel good. Right, because lines usually don't move with people like me and you. They move with people betting a lot of money, right? So there, I think the sharp money is typically what drives lines or an injury. And to my knowledge, it's not like a major injury has happened to UCLA. So the line has gone down two points in 24, 48 hours, which makes me feel better about the bet, which I already liked. I mean, I would like them maybe like minus one or two, but you get, we took a money line plus 105. We lost, you know, probably a little bit because it was plus 110 a couple days ago, but nothing big. This game's really interesting because I think there are so many things on paper that say UCLA is going to win the game. I think UCLA's run game and offensive line group and quarterback are probably better. C.J. Verdell, Oregon star running back, got hurt a couple weeks ago. Now they do have Travis Dye, who's also a really good running back, so they can run the ball. Zach Charbonnet for UCLA, they really pound the rock. Uh, Only one team has gone over 200 yards this year against Oregon, and that was Arizona, so a little fluky. Uh, and it took a high volume. I think they ran the ball 50-plus times. This is UCLA's thing. UCLA averages over 200 yards. Chip's record when they run for over 200 yards is like, I don't. I think it's like 12-4, and 13-4, and four, something like that. I'm looking for it right that, now. I, I is that his UCLA record? I bet if you factor it in his Oregon record, it'd be outstanding. Would be outstanding. Um, the question is, can they hold them under 200? Can they run the ball? I do think Oregon can run the ball effectively. ASU ran the ball on UCLA. I think Oregon can as well. But I think Oregon has been, sorry, UCLA has been more productive in the past game. They've got a go-to tight end. They've got a Kyle Phillips, a receiver, who's been really productive scoring touchdowns. Um, I think there's a lot on paper that works in UCLA's favor. But I also think we haven't gotten the best version of Oregon every week and that there's a good chance we'll get the best version of Oregon this week. I like your logic on this, yeah. which but is tight a end, lot of L.A. I, guys. I, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of bu- NFL buzz on this UCLA tight end. Greg Dulcich. Like, he remember he yeah. had the big <laughs> touchdown in the LSU game? People like that guy. Uh, my, my logic is simple. It's twofold. One, I think, and you've been saying this forever about Oregon, just the team the last couple of years ago under Mario, they're a play-up for their opponent. And I think they're, this is you know one of the biggest opponents in the conference slashed for the players like a large contingent of their roster over the last couple decades like Jeff Schwartz Oregon guy where's he from Southern California like they just they've recruited very very well in Southern California even in Pete's heyday that I I just think that that's a really big deal for these kids to go play in front of family the best player on their team who you know I mean he's gone I don't even blame him he you know he had a major scare against Ohio State and it feels like he's kind of I wouldn't say go through the motions but I mean, he's picking his spots. To me, this is a game where I can't imagine how many Kayvon Thibodeau acquaintances are going to be at the Rose Bowl. Like, wouldn't you imagine there's going to be a lot of green at this game? Yeah. Well, Oregon, even if you're not in their local hometown, right, for players, is always a good travel squad in terms of, like, they've got fans all over. I'll but now factoring in the, the magnitude of this game, I, I would imagine it's going to be huge. And it's a college game day game. So if you want to take the magnitude up a notch. And the winner of this game end up, ends up Fox, Big Fox, is picking up the winner of this game's game next week. You think players uh, care about that? 
Um, I don't know. I, I don't think that's as big of a thing, no. But I just think, you know, it's you. they just there are a lot of different avenues to hear that you're a big deal. I'll give you a Kayvon Thibodeau stat from last week that I heard. Of the 22 plays he was on the field that were pass rush situations, he got a pressure in 11 of them against Cal. And the end of that game was Cal first and goal inside like the five. And Oregon really stepped up defensively. I think they went all out blitz on the last play. Uh, our guy, Tim DeRuiter, sent them all, and uh, Cal couldn't do anything with it. So I didn't realize Cal had several plays from like the two yard line at the end of the game to tie it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. they? Didn't that happen in the game that you did with them too? Against yeah, Washington? well, they fumbled on the goal line, second and goal in overtime in that game. So is Cal the best one and five team in the country then? Yeah, John, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, so it's a more impressive win for Oregon last week. Well, that game was at Oregon though, huh? The game was at home on a Friday night. Yeah, but yeah. but I I think you're right. I think this is a play up situation, and on the most basic level, I think UCLA is. Better than a, a team. I think UCLA is a top 25 quality team. So it looks weird when you see. But I get the number 10 team in the nation in LA. I'm getting points. Wait, did we? are we still getting points? Or we're not getting points anymore. Well, I just took a money line. It was oh, okay. one point. So I just took yeah. the money line. So, but not that, it, not that it means anything to the players because there's not a guy on the roster, obviously, that was recruited by him. But I would imagine if you are part of the program, player included, a mate, I mean, they're playing Chip Kelly whose team is now good. Like, isn't that – that can't be nothing, right? Can't be nothing. You know, he's not – he's been gone a little while, but I bet in that town, if you and I, you know, we were based in Eugene and talked a lot of Ducks, like, that's a pretty big – like, Chip Kelly was a major – that's a pretty big figure in the history of their program that's pretty recent. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's what we're doing, John. We're going with it. I like it. Come on, Ducks. Uh, that game is going to be 1230 ABC on Saturday, Herbie and Fowler and Holly Rowe. So. I, you know, <laughs> you found the uh, the athletic pulling back on that he was not hitting on it. She was not pregnant with Ed Ogeron, right? And then another to me, the most two most prominent things that stuck out in my mind as like a as a skimmer of the Ed Ogeron article, hitting on pregnant women and letting his girlfriends, who I'd imagine were like in their twenties or thirties with young children, not from Ed, come to practice and not just be on the sideline, but like. Mid practice, get to go like hang out in a D line drill or something. Every player, whoever tweeted that and that kind of gained steam, I saw countless players tweet like, "This is insane!" Like I've been in this program for four years, this has never happened. I think that people went after his character. And listen, did he deserve to get fired? I got no issue with them moving on, but it felt like they were going for the kill shot in some of these things. People were talking about him. I mean, you've already fired him or agreed little to fire a little him. Terry Francona. Remember when the Red Sox were trying yeah, to push why him are out? We, why are we piling on now? If the stories are true, they're pretty wild. If that stuff is true, but one's clearly not right. It got redacted immediately. And this one, why were these players? If Unless I'm the woman player, is like, pregnant and hasn't told her family yet, wasn't showing, you know, good point. Yeah. You know, depending but yes, on what it does feel like very, it's, it's very, I don't know. Kind of mean spirited. It's weird. A little bit. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I don't think it's how you treat somebody once you've already. It's not like uh, they're trying to show cause and not pay them yeah. on the way out the door, right? Like that type of thing. Uh, so it's bizarre. Like I, I would it, imagine if the lawsuit continues down the road with Nick Rolovich and Washington State, at some point Washington State's not going to say anything publicly, but at some point if there's really a trial, there will be things that come out, right? Because he's accusing them of 
of uh, having it out for him. So at some point, they'll have to present some information that says, like, no, he was difficult. Now, actually, they don't have to do anything because I don't think he got the exemption that the state said he had to get in order to work. That's why their claim was they they told him they'd fire him even if he got the exemption. It's like, well, he didn't get the exemption, so what are we talking about? We The lawyer used the word vindictive. That's always like the right. lawyers just use those type of words, you know, when they're coming after you. That's why yeah. the one time when a tenant or when I was a tenant and – this guy that I rented from in Emeryville didn't give me back my security deposit. I pretended to be a lawyer representing myself. Pursuant and, of said letter. And, and use words like that. And they called my bullshit and said, well, if you want to go to court, we'll see you there. And I was like, well, I'm actually not a lawyer. I'm just John Middlecoff pretending to be a lawyer. So it's not going to work. <laughs> How did but, you, I, I want to see that letter. Uh, I think it was on my old computer, but did you see the story at like university of Tennessee? You know, they fired Pruitt last year. He, like he must have said things that like uh, who's the former the former head coach that then became the AD Phil Fulmer and the basketball coach Barnes who was from Texas cl- like he was claiming that he was told to cheat by both those guys and he used their names they both came out and can he suing right because they're not paying him his fifteen million dollar buyout Rick Barnes comes out and was like this is bullshit I was a big supporter I never told him this Fulmer's like this is crap. It's just so college sports that that used to like have an NF, NFL NBA like when Pat Riley would leave you the Knicks would be furious in college it was like people just get fired now it kind of feels like it's when you're talking about 15 20 10 million dollars buyouts imagine if I don't care right or wrong you get fired and you're like well I, I am I gonna get my 12 million dollar buyout or not like I yeah it would get pretty ugly and it's yeah. it's gonna continue to get ugly with these when you, the role of its thing is gonna be something because what was his buyout well, he if they had fired him without cause, just like the way coaches get fired usually, it would have been like three and a half million. Still three and a half million or zero. But he had nine million difference. left on his contract. So he's out a total of twelve and a half million if you factor in the buyout as well. I guess they're kind of separate though. No, right? yeah, they'd be three million is part of the nine. Okay. Right. It's nine if he coaches it out. It's like three was guaranteed, basically. Got you, got you. It's like it's like when we got fired from radio and we had two months guaranteed to keep going or three or whatever it was. Right, right. Basically, they 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 guarantee an extra year if I fire you early, kind of deal, right? What was he making? Like three million dollars? Yeah, it's it's what it's like three and a half, three two, yeah. something like that. So, so I don't blame. I mean, if I'm him, I want my three million dollars. Right, and I don't I don't expect him to get it. But all right, John. Without further ado. Let's let's get to Greg Papa. Here we go. Full disclosure, we tried to record this uh, when Greg was at another location, but um, we don't need to disclose exactly what that was. Well, I was in, a transit, in transit, driving leaving, the car. I was leaving Santa Clara and driving to Danville. And normally at 680, I have no problem with Wi-Fi issues, but for some reason today we did. But we're here. In we're Tessie. All, Tessie. My Tesla. For all the games you've called over the years, all the sports you've called, Greg, baseball, basketball, those two sports are much more uh, geared towards the post-game courtside club or, uh, you know, the clubhouse. Are you getting your, you know, post-game hangout itch scratched with football? Uh, no. I mean, it's a, yeah, there are, there are a lot of good uh, suites at the Levi's that are incredible. Uh, post-game? Yeah, well, I if you know people and you kind of wink and nod, they'll you know you know I'm on I'm on the radio for an hour after they'll they'll slip me a beer here and there. Uh, no, I it dep- yeah it depends on the time of day, what I got to do the next day, my family who's all there watching the game. My daughters have gotten really into it, so whenever they come up, we have a tendency to uh, like the the Seattle game they were at, and we went into a couple suites 
after and then went over to Santana Row. Santana Row is a nice area, beautiful area down there. So uh, it depends. Yeah, f- I mean, bat- the Warriors now and Thrive really never got thriving, Thrive City. But I, you know, because a lot of the sh- the restaurants and they weren't all open when the when the building first uh, opened. They weren't in place yet, but now they are. And I think, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we'll see how many people will be there. But yeah, no, I can find hangout time. You know me. I'll, I'll, I'll find it where I can get it. I, I haven't been to a Chase Center yet, but I remember when I first got into radio and was coming to a lot of Warriors games and you would take me to the uh, the place under an Oracle. That place was hopping after the game. Oh, the bar inside Spe- the BMW yeah, Spe- club. The BMW, especially, you oh, know, that's... early Steph Curry, Draymond Clay times. That place that was, was the uh... spot. The BMW Club had kind of a forum club vibe. Mm, yeah, that was sweet. Greatest. That's the greatest bar uh, inside of an arena ever. Was the old Forum Club when, when the Lakers were Showtime Lakers, and there were a few nights I went in there and for a beer and then waited for the charter and didn't wind up getting on the charter. Wound up <laughs> staying over and flying later slide the next day. Did so. you tell me a story one time that you went there to like interview Kareem and someone yeah. was getting a blowjob somewhere? No, the owner. That? The owner. Yeah. It wasn't the Forum Club. That was in the Laker locker room. Dr. Buzz. Yeah. R.I.P. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, he, he went a little further than that, let's say. And he uh, he's he's the Hugh Hefner of sports owners. He had like weren't, they good for, weren't they good friends? Hugh and Dr. Buzz? Hugh, Hugh and uh, Dr. Buzz? Yeah, I think they were. I mean, how you, they both live in L.A. No. Uh, but he was like, uh, I just picture him in his bathrobe. Dr. Buzz in his purple and gold crushed velvet bathrobe and <laughs> just you know he had a harem he uh that 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 team was legendary with uh jerry west the owner pat riley magic dreams it, it was showtime didn't uh didn't necessarily end when the horn blew <laughs> and, there, and there wasn't you know not every there weren't camera phones everywhere so they didn't have to yeah, they didn't wonder, leave the arena you think that, that would have changed things for them yeah, different. Well, I, well, you know, I'd like to see like what Paul Horning would have done, or what Joe Namath would have done, or can you imagine like having smartphones with Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Mantle and and Whitey Ford and Billy? Martin well, the story that Mickey went what like we, into the stands right during a game and met under, up with a. a I thought lady. it was under. I thought it was under the stand. Under, under the, the stand. Oh, that, the was, that was that was common. That was common. Well, you know. Uh, the legend was that Magic had a had a scout in every corner of the forum, and make eye contact and right off the court in uniform. I scouted without, every even, without even showering. Right, they go without to the sauna. Showering, right in, right in number thirty-two, right off the court. You think they had like a urban signal. legend? I, I never actually saw that myself, like uh, the owner. But yeah, that was. Uh, they are. Aren't they making a? Me and my son always talked about doing like a documentary or some kind of a film on that uh, team because that was, I guess, I mean, from the, the sexcapades of those Lakers teams, they're incredible. But I think I think they were do, they were going to make that, weren't they? I thought it was talking for thirty. No, I think it was more. I guess like on HBO or something. There was talk. Uh, I'm trying to remember what, exactly what who was going to be in it. Yeah, there could be. Uh, Pat Riley. They had somebody playing uh, Larry Bird. It was like about a year ago they they started doing that. What what do you think if if we could add camera phone videos would have been more interesting? I, I don't. I think the eighty the 80s Lakers or the seventies Raiders. Oh wow. Well, the eighties Lakers would have been a lot of dark, 
not a lot of you know you didn't see a lot yeah. it, was, it was a lot of bedrooms and uh <laughs> the 70s raiders would be doing uh, whatever all day 24 well, dark dank bars i mean can you imagine hanging out with snake stabler yeah. i wonder what those guys would have done I, I don't know if they necessarily would have cared but uh how would they have handled this generation would they have caroused as much as they did i think you just adapt you know well how would they uh there you go john c Riley, michael shannon there you go john c Riley to pay jerry bus i don't yeah that's that's not good that's not good <laughs> i don't know if we want he's the, not uh, no he's not good he is an eclectic act. it's not all stepbrothers with him he, he could go off on that a little bit but is that, was that coming out when did that get kind of table with the pandemic or where is that uh this is from 20 uh well this is from 2019 but then there was something 2021 that says uh, exclusive HBO's Lakers series will be a love letter to basketball that resembles the crown. I don't know. Oh, what... Yeah, the, the great and uh, the queen. Oh, that's a little different. That, that may be a little yeah. different. I, angle, I, 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 I need some more sex. Adam, Adam, I've yeah. seen the basketball stuff. We need more you know? sex sexcapades. Yeah. yeah. I was heard. I mean, you, when you got here in the mid to late 80s, I mean, Montana was kind of rocking and rolling. Wasn't he around these parts? Yeah. I mean, I didn't <laughs> hang with him, but. I played this golf tournament a couple times. I, I have seen his golf tournament a couple times. He was, uh, by then he was, I already met Jennifer and uh, I think she he kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he was, and how about Dwight? Dwight yeah. Clark was the great, one of the great interviews I ever did with Dwight. So uh, I was in Syracuse. And uh, Sean McDonough was a roommate of mine and a buddy. And we, his father, Will McDonough, wrote for the Boston Globe. So he, Will invited us. We drove from Syracuse to Pontiac, Michigan, for uh, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 16, where they beat the Lions the first Super Bowl. We were there. We were on each sideline. Uh, I was on the 49ers sideline. He was on the Bengals sideline. Just in case something had to be communicated, like Forrest Gregg, the Bengals coach, complained about uh, the, the dome in Pontiac being too smoky or something. I didn't really have to do anything. But I stood on the 27-yard line of the 49ers sideline, 49ers side of the field, right under uh, Joe Montana's grandmother. And uh, what was her name? Miss Dwight was dating Miss Universe at the time. I want to say Weatherly, something Weatherly. So I always remember that. And I, this woman, she was Miss Universe. She was gorgeous. Unbelievable. So... Every time I interviewed Dwight, I'd ask her about, I'd ask him about her, and the best line ever was, "You know, I really didn't like her all that much, but (laughs) I dated her for four years, and every time Sean Weatherly, there you go, you are a good guy. Every time I tried to break up with her, I just she's so hot. (laughs) I'm like, I can't break up with her. I'm like, yeah, breaking up with Miss Universe would be difficult. Where, Where do you go from Miss Universe? I mean. Even like Miss USA or Miss California can't compete with Miss Universe. So. No, that's, pr- that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, Troy Clark and Joe. Yeah, they had fun. What was it? I mean, you how old you got the Pacers? You were in the NBA in the 80s and what? Like your mid? I was 21. 21. This is, I showed yeah, this How earlier. old was I in that picture? 27 years old in this trading card I bought off eBay several Hair's years ago. Hair's the same, John. Same hairdo. I don't know. It looks good. Doesn't Some of good. us lose it. You guys are lucky. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are lucky. We've done we've done that pocket. But uh okay, so the NBA in the eighties, that was a pretty low uh that was your introduction into uh Yeah, nineteen eighty four, right off the campus of Syracuse. I was twenty one years of age. I was hired by the Indiana Pacers. 
went to work there for two years and they uh that was uh that was wild I remember there was a the atlanta hawks played about 10 games a year in new orleans and of course the pacers were not a great draw at this time we weren't very good it was pre reggie miller pre dr jack ramsey so we got one of those games it was a tuesday night it was my first time ever in new orleans uh we got in the night before monday let's just say i i barely made tip off i was <laughs> i was like oh what time's the game i gotta go so uh no, it was fun. I was 21 and in the 80s. And he just yeah. said, I did radio. Uh, Jerry Gross, a great announcer, did TV for a while. And then they, uh, Eddie Doucette came in, the, the legendary voice of the Milwaukee Bucks, who gave Kareem the sky hook, and he called Kareem the king and all that. I remember we were traveling one night, and he said, if you keep it up like this, you're not going to make it to your 30. <laughs> You're still going. I see, wrong. Yeah, he also he also tried to talk me out of leaving the NBA, going into the NHL. I said, "What do you want me to go to? Like Winnipeg? Is that far enough away? Where do you want me to go?" You you know what's funny is like flipping around the game. You know, the, all the NBA games last night, and I was thinking about this watching the Dodger game. They have you know even like Pujols is old, but he's made you know four hundred million dollars. These guys now make so much money. Now, when, when I was a kid in, like, the early 90s, guys were making money. But, like, thinking about Magic in the 80s, didn't he sign, like, a $25 million, 25-year contract? Like, they were yes. rich. But, then but do, the they feel, do, they feel, do they feel more normal back then than they do now in terms of the wealth? Well, like, you're still around pro sports. But still, I mean, a million dollars was a lot of money annually. And but, I mean, guys guy, now make $50 million a yeah, year. I know. I, you know? I know. Now it's obscene money where they're getting into ownership. Uh, but Dr. Buss tore that contract up pretty quickly because it was obsolete. Well, I remember uh, Molly signed a nine-year deal for $27 million, and he signed. He signed way out there. Bill Pollock was his agent, and his dad, his, his dad, Molly's dad, advised him to go for the security. Uh, and that one stayed in place. And for a short time, Chris was the highest-paid athlete in the history of the Bay Area. And then Ricky Henderson signed his deal, and... Uh, but they were all like Ricky made like three million a year at that time. Um, you know, Bonds coming in ninety three or four, and then re upping. You know, got into big big money, and now you know Steph's making fifty million dollars a year. But still, uh, you know, the cost of living and the inflation um, it's higher now. But yeah. uh, still, a million you know a million dollars. In 1982, was a lot of money. When you're a, you're a millionaire, that meant something. It yeah. still does. That's a lot of money, but it's not what it meant to be a, a millionaire back then. So, yeah, they got into some obscene um, length of, of contracts. Uh, but to Doctor Buss's credit, he did not hold magic to that contract. He could have yeah. just said, "I'm not tearing it up," and he tore it up because it was obsolete right away. Uh, the, the big one was Jordan. When he would, it was so hard to pay him. Uh, the, Dr. Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Bulls, used to argue that hell, all the other owners in the league should chip in to pay his salary. He he, he funds the whole league. Why do he's I? Like, have he's like Tiger Woods of basketball, making everybody totally. money. I mean, the whole you know? the whole the whole league revolved around him and his popularity. And he was making what he was signing one year deals for thirty three million or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, that was that's where it got into the stratosphere where. Guys and never look five, back. maybe all of a sudden got one guy's making $33 million. Ridiculous. Or A-Rod. And when A-Rod jumped up in baseball, got his first contract and his second contract, 
that's where it got to be, you know, where they could get into ownership. Now look at A-Rod. He owns yeah. a piece of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Jeter. And he's on every network that broadcasts baseball. Except, I guess he's not on Turner yet. Not Fox. You like him on he's, TV? He's terrible. <laughs> but he's People like, hate him. We hate it. Everyone yeah, hates he's, him. He's, he's a... Probably the most disingenuous person I've ever been around. Yeah, he's awkward. He's, I, I think that's what people don't like. When you're, he was the kind of guy who, when you were talking to him, would always be uh, looking, you know, like you never. And he, they did not only to me, but his teammates. You could like see it where he just, I don't know, he just had a, a pompous arrogance about him, among his, his teammates, just like he lowered it above them. And uh, I never thought he would go into TV, I got to say. I mean, it's uh, pretty amazing. He is good. I, I like him on TV. I think he's better on games. But he comes off a little bit too too a fraudish, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's – it's. Um, I think I, you could, sometimes I almost feel like you can hear him thinking, what do people want me to say? Yeah, yeah. Here. He's so PC. Is he doing this to get into the Hall of Fame? And we'll, He's never I mean, getting in. Huh? He's never getting in. Maybe he'll get a Frick Award, get in the broadcaster's wing. Is that what you mean? <laughs> That's what he's after? Yeah, he might. Uh, hey, Ron, who is Ford C. Frick? Dude, do you know who he is? You know, I was thinking about this. There are some – I heard Kevin Harlan on your show uh, on uh, Thursday, and he was great. And, um, you know, he paid you a great compliment, deservedly so, because you're one of the best play-by-play guys that I've ever heard. And I think um, – you know, th- there are guys that are really good at understanding context. There are guys that are really good at describing action. Um, you- you're really good at both. Do you think it used to be in baseball you'd get some of this? You don't get any. You get some former players that do play-by-play, a few. Do you think, Greg, if we threw you in and made you the Niners analyst for a year, you could do that job? Not the play-by-play guy, but just three technique and yeah, possibly, uh, zero think, blitz? Possibly, but I think Tim Ryan – could easily slide over and do play by play. Really? Well, yeah, I, he and I have talked about that. And I, maybe not immediately on radio, but I know he could do it on television. And I've talked to Mike Kruko about it. I think Mike could easily do play by play on television. When Dwayne was out this year, um, I didn't come into direct contact with Mike, but I do with Jeff Kuiper and Jim Lynch. And I said, You ever, you should just put Mike on play by play. He could, I know he could do it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could do it at some level, but not the level that, you know, someone like Tim Ryan can do it or someone, you know, that sees the game. But I, I, I studied the game. It just makes it easier for me to be able to call it. Uh, and I also, as you guys know, knowing me so well, I love all the sports, but football has got just a level of fascination. It's just the ultimate chess match were, you know, the five static positions of the offensive line, you know, how do you attack the five? Do you attack it with four? Do you attack it with five? Do you attack it with six? And then if you take the numbers out of that, you get into less coverage. And it's just a fascinating, where basketball is five on five, yeah, you double step when he has the ball and it creates four on threes and all that. But football, you've got like two games going on simultaneously. And then the five eligibles, how do you cover them? And then now the real interesting element is the running quarterback and how that changes the box count with eligibles, how it changes the, the box count with dealing with the run game. So yeah, it's fascinating. I don't see Tim is, uh, he's amazing how he sees things. Like even when I'm at practice with him, he'll, he'll see 
can also see line play really well. So, um, you know, I, I can do it to some level, but, and I, I, I probably do more of that in my play by play. And I, I did, you know, obviously more of that with the Raiders, uh, with coach was slowing down a little bit in the later years, he had a fall and I had to kind of, you know, jump in a little more. Um, but, uh, to some degree, but it would be, I'm the kind of guy that I see it live and I can call it and, but you really understand it. I got to go back and watch it like three times. Like what, what happened on that play? So you don't get, you don't get the luxury of being able to do that. And that was funny was when, uh, when John Gruden went into television, uh, one of the first thing Al Davis said to me was he won't, he won't, of course he had a, a little bit of an agenda towards John. I don't know if you heard, but uh, he won't be able, he's not going to be any good at that. I go, why? He goes, he has to watch it back five times where he knows what the hell happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's so, crazy is your, your career, they say like millennials, we just jump around to different jobs. We're back. Like my parents, I'm basically my mom and dad had the same job for 30 or 40 years, you know, in your media career, you jumped around, but like you were synonymous with the Raiders and you were there for a long time and you were entrenched in the culture. I mean, it's a pretty, you made a, obviously a change to a new team, even though, it's a unique situation. Not like you went from the bears to the Texans, you know, that a lot of synonymous players go back and forth and you knew everyone, but do you feel a lot more comfortable? Like just in the building and just feeling yeah. like, you know, just the whole thing. Totally. Whole I mean, the first year I, hell, I didn't know where to park my car. Was it first year of the Super Bowl year? First year was the Super Bowl year. It, took <laughs> a, it just, it was so different. And just, I'm not great with names and faces. If, if they don't have a, a Jersey on and a helmet or a cap, you know, I, I, I just, uh, so I, it was, I was the new guy and there were so many people I had to get to know. Jed, is that Jed, Jed right? He's not John. That one he knew. It's not, it wasn't Eddie. Oh, shit. I, better not, I better not get that one wrong. Oh, that one I boss, just call him boss. Um, so yeah, the first year was really, I got to figure out literally how to get in the building. Where do I park? How do I get into games? So, you know, just everything. It's new, like anything. The second year for training camp, I felt so much more comfortable, but we're in the middle of a pandemic. I know. So that was weird. I wasn't even, you know, we didn't travel at all. And then the team gets evicted from Santa Clara at the end, and I don't even see them practice. That was really hard. I don't know how Tim did it. I mean, it's hard for me to do it. But as an analyst, not to see the team practice and oh, he didn't he didn't go down there. No, you guys were doing the game. No, we here, weren't right? allowed to. We weren't yeah. allowed to, to be around, and we weren't. Uh, we are tier two this year, so we're around. We have full access. But last year we were tier three, and so we weren't allowed to be around the team. But I, I was I was lucky that it went that way. What if my first year was the pandemic year? Yeah, how hard would that have been? Been impossible. Where I don't really, you know, I'm, I got a look people in the eye and shake their hands and introduce hi Robert Sala and Greg Papa you know a lot of that's going on and uh if you can't do it because you're not allowed to be within six feet of each other doing it over zoom that would have been weird so um but now this year we're, we're not completely back to normal um it's still a little bit of a you know somebody feels they got the sniffles or and you know, we get we get back to being tested every day now off the buy, um, but it's it's a little bit more normal. So to answer your question, yeah, I'm completely comfortable. But you travel uh, this year, right? I travel. Yeah, I travel yeah. every game, um, which makes it just so much easier just to be around the guys. And I wish I could go to practice more, but this radio show that I do kind of 
gets in the middle of practice. So I now that you do a podcast, over, you do a podcast, quit the radio show and time I wanted. Yep. Yeah. That's a good idea. Can I make money yeah. doing that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you can. can make a lot. If you let us run the so sales, be, I mean, maybe uh, we can do a deal. Would it be you know? Haberman, Papa, Middlecoff? Would it be Papa, Haberman, Middlecoff? Would you just do your own thing. You just oh, be on the network. Sure. Yeah. I just talk. Ham, Ham presents Greg Papa. All right. I could, I could probably You could bring Derek in the fold. You can do whatever you want. That would be good. Papa yeah. and Papa. Papa and Papa. son. Yeah. We could do that. And you can make money doing that? You guys are making money? Yeah. We're, you're sponsored by So, yes. I've got five kids here. You realize that. Oh. We got six sponsors on the show today. <laughs> I thought it was E40 there for a minute. You keep, you keep putting up products for us to, to buy. What do you got there? We can get you some. Yeah, we can get you mine. I can swing one that's over to your house. That's the sponsor of the show? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's the presenting oh, yeah. sponsor. Beautiful. The, you know? the main Beautiful. sponsor, yeah. Sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. I could do that. I think. Kyle, you, I think I, do you think Kyle needs a double after the last couple games? You know, I, would, I, I could change my name to Tito Papa. I'm willing to do that. We, huh? we've 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 joked about that it's a good name to change your name too what would be if john daly has a uh a drink what would be the uh the greg papa uh john daly has you know iced tea i mean it's not i don't think that i don't know if he drinks the it, actual long island iced tea well it's iced tea you know it's a arnold like palmer but with vodka like arnold palmer. Yeah. uh i don't know what's your, what's your go-to cocktail Depends what I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I do like a good dirty martini. Yeah. I do like a good vodka oh. soda. Uh, depends, you know. You know me. I've, I like yeah, beer. drink whatever. I, yeah, I've I'm seen you big, drink I'm Heineken. I'm a drinker. I like beer. I do like I mean, it's like anything. I, I kind of switch around, which is not good for your capillaries and the hangovers. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, you know, you start with beer, go to wine, then go to something harder you wind up uh being slow but I, i'm adaptable i gotta think about that what would you say Papa. the over under number of cocktails the niners Papa. coaching staff has been slamming during this three-game losing streak <laughs> I know, yeah I, I mean it's yeah in the funny. nfl like it's in baseball you lose three straight games no one cares basketball not that big a deal in football it feels like the world's ending well in baseball terms it used to be 16 games it was like each game is worth 10 it's not yeah. quite that way because you got 17 Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So, but like, if you lose one game, it's like a ten game losing streak. So, if you lose three games, so the Niners have lost thirty straight games. Is it? A, it's a thirty game <laughs> losing streak. I remember uh, when Jesus. the A's won. When the A's won the twenty in a row, uh, I, it was right around the time I had to do a the the the, the Raiders kickoff luncheon uh, to start the year. And I remember bringing that point up to, to Bruce Allen was, you know, 20 over 162 is one eighth of a season. It's not that, not that big a deal. You go on a 20 game winning streak. That's a different story. So they didn't wind up. Actually, that was 2001 or two when the A's went 20 in a row. 2002. Yeah. Was, yeah. The Raiders went to the Super Bowl that year. They had a good year that year. I think Bruce Allen and John were left, you know? Yeah, I should. should I, is that why I'm getting the look? Be careful with those names right now. Is that why I'm getting the look from Guy? Because I mentioned Bruce Allen? I was just wondering if you said it or in person or no, if there's I, a record. I, said, I, I, I emailed it to No him. email back then. <laughs> Handwritten letter. That no, was in person. Thank but, uh, God we didn't. Uh, I don't remember emailing him much. Texting. I text him a lot. Work phone but, or bat phone? <laughs> the Snyder. <laughs> just say it's not your number if it comes to, up. Um, John, let's take a moment to tell the people about Puesto. Now, this is eating, this is drinking. 
Puesto, Mexican Artisan Kitchen and Bar. This is eating and drinking, John. This is just good stuff. We've been there. We love it. Those of you that have been there already know. Those of you that we've sent there have told us thank you. If you haven't been yet, you got to check out Puesto. Elite Tacos, Elite Margaritas, uh, the 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 ambiance mm. of, I know the Concord one, yeah, we haven't been cool. in the Santa Clara one, is badass. It's just a really sweet, big restaurant, a lot of space. The bar's really cool. Like it's a it's a big time setup. I would imagine all the Southern California ones are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can't recommend it enough. You're going to the game on uh, on Sunday, Sunday night football. You ever heard of Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth? Al's probably refreshed. He got his bye week last week. Uh, one ten and one twenty nine are the Puesto. Uh, what are they? What are they called? Uh, sections. I want to say they're behind the sections. One service centers, but yeah, yeah, they're little they're little kiosks. Uh, kiosks, yeah, where you get your food. Uh, they got great stuff. I recommend the Quesabiria Taco, which is the crispy melted cheese, braised short rib. It's fantastic oh. food. It's del- I mean, it really is really good. The Adler brothers have uh, knocked it out of the park, John, Eric, and Alex, with this uh, with this restaurant, which they founded in 2012 in, in La Jolla. bunch of SoCal locations, like John said, Santa Clara location, Concord location, and the Levi Stadium location. The Bang Bang Margarita, over 500 tequilas. It's uh, like you. It's hard to when you go, you walk in, you go. I hope the food is as good as the vibe here because it's yeah. like this is the kind of place that I want. You know, you ever been to a restaurant? You're like, oh, this place is sweet. Then you order the food. You're like, ah, shit, not quite. Doesn't. Yeah. Ah, damn. Hard but to get the best is, of both worlds. You know, It is. But this this place is legit, 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 legit. Ton of tacos. The, the uh, taquitos we had are massive. They're taqui grandos, not taquitos. Um, they make the tortillas daily. It's just what can you say? I mean, it's delicious. Anybody that's been there knows. It's right now is not in their head like, fuck, yeah. Yeah, it's Puesto. Puesto. Podcast also brought to you by a, a hydration sensation, John. Liquidiv.com. Go to liquidiv.com. Use the code HAM and get 25% off anything you order. John had a big party weekend. I've been starting my day with it. Liquid IV gets you hydrated. Yeah, I didn't sleep that well on uh, on Wednesday night, and I woke up. I felt a little, uh, little parched, a little, little dehydrated. Yeah, so what I did is I went right, I grabbed a little bottle of water, I, I took a swig, so I had that little extra room, and then I grabbed the uh, the blue one, poured it in there, and I'm telling you, I've had one every day this week to start my day, a little Haberman style, before I drink any caffeine, mm-hmm. and I, I've felt double hydrated. I'm not even kidding. And I'm naturally like, you know, I, I think I don't drink enough, even though I feel like I'm drinking a lot, and this is a game changer. These guys, liquidiv.com, promo code HAM, 25% off. Go order yourself some. I had a couple people DM me like, I'm fired up for the partnership. Great hangover cure. Yeah. And it is. Because yeah, all a hangover is, is dehydration. So get on it. Uh, they you also have liquid the energy- IV with like a burrito the day after drinking. I mean, <laughs> game changer. Uh, they also have the energy multiplier, the hydration multiplier, and immune support. It's cold out there, people. Just because you're not sweating doesn't mean you're not, doesn't mean you are hydrated. Doesn't mean you can't get dehydrated. Like John said, I've mentioned at the beginning of the week, it's how I've kind of changed the game probably in the last month, three weeks for me, is a cup of water before my first coffee in the morning, which is usually around 7.30. So you add the liquid IV, and now I really start the day. I just I love starting the day off on the right foot that way. So go check it out, liquidiv.com, flavors nationwide at Walmart, or 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com, use the code HAM at checkout. 25% off liquidiv.com promo code ham. But but pop to John's point though, what do you make of the the position the 49ers are in right now? Three game losing streaks not good. I mean, there's no other way around it. We we 
you know, you do have an extra week to get out of it, but there was such a high level of expectation this year. I mean, I, I think you have to go back to the Harbaugh years for level of expectation with this franchise. 19 kind of snuck up on people. I thought, you know, with Jimmy being healthy, I thought they could win 10 that year, but I, you know, they went 13 and three and, you know, rode that wave all the way to the Super Bowl, got so close to winning the game. But that was started eight and zero, right? Started eight and zero, and then the, yeah. the games they lost, the game that Seattle lost was an overtime. Yeah, Robbie Gold gets hurt. The uh, McLaughlin comes in and kicks. Could have won that game. The Baltimore game, they lost. Robbie missed yeah. a kick in Baltimore. Justin Tucker makes his. That was a, a last you know shot. And the Atlanta game was like I forget how many replay reviews there was in that game. Ultimately, they gave one to Julio Jones at the end, and yeah. but so all three losses were right in the last play. So uh, even the thirteen and three could have been better, but it was so great because then they just ran right through Minnesota and Green Bay and hardly were challenged and into one of the two home playoff games all the way to the Super Bowl. So that year was just, but it wasn't coming into it. We didn't have you didn't have the level of expectation. There was a lot of expectation in twenty twenty. But the whole thing got derailed with all the injuries, and it was explainable. And it's it's somewhat explainable this year. There's no question. Significant injuries to Verrett and Mostert in particular. Now losing Kittle, having Jimmy miss six uh, quarters. Uh, I mean, you look at the, you know, the Green Bay game they could have won. Uh, you lose that, you're 2-1, and one, and then Jimmy gets hurt. You're at halftime of the Seattle game at 7-7. And at times, most of that first half, they were dominating Seattle. Uh, and then Trey gets thrown into it and a, a couple of really bad special teams mistakes and boom, it's 21-7 and wow, how'd this happen? And then Arizona's good. Trey has to get thrown into it. So there, there's, I think there's a reason why they've lost three in a row and not all three game losing streaks are the same. You can be blown out in all three or two of them and think we're, we're not that close. But I think this team feels like they are close. They just got to tighten up some things. They got to be better on third down. They got to get takeaways. If you're gonna, I thought this this defense and this pass rush would be dominant. At times they are, but they're not taking the ball away. You got to take the ball away in this league. And then they, the penalties. It's about 73 yards a game, which is high, but it's more. Uh, it's not a high volume of, of penalties. It's the nature of them that are just you know. Well, the P, the PIs are killers. Defensive I mean, pass just... interference are just yeah. killing you, and. Uh, I think it's. I see it around the league, not just the 49ers, where corners just panic. They just panic. Uh, make the receiver make a. That's not going to be an impossible catch. Just put, go, just put your well, hands up. Let them up. make the catch. Don't just yeah. grab them. It's not college. You know, it's not a 15 yard penalty. It's a spot foul. And then the offensive holdings have really, uh, you know, put that one drive where they have three or three offensive holdings on in Arizona when you try to get some momentum. So, yeah, they're they're. I think they, they know what's in store for them or what's required of them, and they have to be focused coming out of the bye to, to end this. But uh, they've got to tighten up their game. They, they, they have played, at, at times, sloppy football. At times, they look totally dominant, and it looks like the team we saw in 2019, but other times they, they sputter. They need rhythm. They, they need the complementary football where all three phases are, are rolling together like it did at in, at times in that Philadelphia game to get out of there with a hospital environment with a victory in week two. Well, one storyline, just because they're playing the Colts, is Buckner coming back in a big move. Obviously, they 
had a tough decision and they trade him. They get the 13th pick. And then out of that 13th pick, they essentially land two players, right? They get a d- defensive tackle and a wide receiver. And I'd say this year is not going well for either guy. One guy's knee is a problem. And Brandon Ayuk, I start with Ayuk. Like, what's your take on Brandon Ayuk? Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. It's like HBO. <laughs> um, exactly. But that, that's, I, that's, a, that's a bizarre thing for a lot of people. Like, what, what is, is up? Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. He's still a young player. He only played two years at Arizona State. He had 65 catches last year, right? I understand. And he played 12 games. I understand. He's, uh, it's the details. He's just not, he's not on details. He's not running routes exactly as they want. Even sometimes he could be the clear out guy and he's not running the right route. So you got to, he's got to lock it in. Uh, Kyle's very demanding. Well, I understand that. He's tough on quarterbacks. He played wide receiver, and he's really demanding on wide receivers. His position coach is Wes Welker. He doesn't care that you were a first-round pick. He wasn't. He was undrafted and one of the best undrafted players to come into the league. So he's he's on him, and, you know, he's getting a little bit there. He's got to push back, and he's got to fight through it. And I think he's shown some signs of it. He's made some really hard catches, contested catches. He's had some drops. He's had some missed assignments that not everybody's aware of. But the coach's staff obviously is, and it's, it's not tolerated. So, uh, you know, we talk so much in the offseason about who's going to be that third wide receiver, who's going to be that third wide receiver, assuming your X was Iuke and your Z was Debo, who would be the slot, who would be your Kendrick Bourne. Well, you're really still searching for the second receiver. Debo is just, he's advanced remarkably, very impressive to me. He's not a great route. Coming into the league, John, I mean, Brandon Ayuk was a – when I watched his route running at Arizona State for him, I thought it was okay. Uh, but in his first training camp, it was like, wow, this guy's way better than I thought. He had a nuance to him, how to run routes, how to set up, how to stem it, and just really good, uh, way better than Debo. But when I'd go to training camp, guy would go with me. We'd see him. He would be making plays. He looked good. And then all of a sudden You're talking the, the first started. year or the second year? I'm talking uh, even this this, this fall. Year. I thought he well, looked fine. Yeah, but yeah, – but, you know, training camp and then they just camp. abandoned him. Week one well, is Trent Shurfield no, playing. I mean, he, well, he had a little bit of a setback with an injury, and he lost he lost a spot there, and he missed time. He didn't play as well in the preseason. I mean, look at Trey's first pass against Kansas City. That was a great play Trey Lance had. When he stepped up from the pocket, pocket coming from his front side, he dipped the shoulder, he came out right, and boom, a little 12-yard 12 12 sit-down route, he just dropped it. And he's had a couple of those, you know, even in, in, in games. He's made some really hard catches. The third and three catch he made from Trey oh, was sweet. insane. Yeah. And the one-hand catch he made the other day, also in Arizona, one-arm catch. So he's got big-time skill. He's just got to tighten it down. And usually rookies, it's the rookie year they struggle, where they get, they struggle getting used to the, the ball because the college ball is different than the pro ball. And they struggle just without route running because in college they don't really have to run routes. It's just a different game. But they're running right through a you know a huge opening or a big zone. Yeah. It's not like that, but he was, he was really polished right away as a rookie, and now this year, for whatever reason, you know these are these are young men. They're not machines. You know there could be something going on that's causing him to be distracted or, or whatever it is in their lives. We don't know. He's a quiet guy, so I think. Uh, but people want to blame Kyle or blame, you know, for not bringing it out. But a lot of it, you know, the the player has to take stock in their own careers. Um, He's got all the skill to be a Pro Bowl player. 
There's no doubt. I mean, what he accomplished last year in 12 games was really impressive. Um, so you would just assume he would make the jump. Well, it doesn't always work that way in your second year. And they also adjust to you a little bit. It's a little bit of a new wide receiver room, you know, going back and forth with the two quarterbacks a little bit. But there's no doubt he has slid back. And then with Javon, he just he's just not healthy right now. That that knee's just not good. Uh, you mentioned the quarterbacks. I mean, this is the challenge. What you're talking about with IU got that rookie year on the challenge, and we knew this coming into the year that it would be a very fine line to walk. Right? Of you've got this quarterback in Trey Lance that hasn't played fo- played one football game in two years, but you also think you've got a twenty four million dollar starter. So okay, we'll play both of them and we'll try to move it along. <laughs> then Trey plays. Show some really good signs. There's some other things that you go probably drive the coaches nuts, but that's the nature of a young quarterback. So how do they do this now? Now that he's hurt, Jimmy's back, then Trey presumably is healthy enough in two weeks. Yeah, it's hard. I, I wish we had a, a spring league. I wish we had an NFL Europa. I wish we had something where he Santa Cruz now. Warriors send Wiseman and Trey to the Warriors. Go to the G League now. <laughs> really want him to go play in those leagues and get no get lit up so it's hard but your point is you got to play to learn how to play right but he's not ready to play completely and uh it's hard um that's what the off season's for the otas the mini camps all that to get him going and he'll make a bigger jump uh between his his rookie year and his second year than he did his coming into this year but they, they, this is there's a high level of expectation to win, and Kyle, when it's game week and you know the buys a little bit different, and you see where the schedule is, but he's locked and loaded every week to play this master chess game with the other team's defense, and he's got to get his team ready to play. So there's just not a lot. He jumps in and gets some scout team work, obviously, and. Um, you know, Jimmy's been in and out, you know, health wise. So he got he got a couple of you know good weeks of work that way or a week of work. But it's hard. It's hard. And that's why, you know, going back to the decision to draft him, I don't think they made a mistake, but you had to factor this in. That this is uh, I called it the, the riskiest move that I can ever remember in the league from trading up from twelve to three. That's not the risky part. Teams do that. But with this particular quarterback, because his skill is oozing out of his body. There's nothing he cannot do. He can execute every single throw. Uh, he has a, 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 a mobility element to his game that is fascinating to run away from pressure. You need a little bit of, of a 50-50 balance there with you know him being a straight drop back for him to be effective. But it's going to take time. Uh, he's, he's the, John, is he the first you know one and done and you could say, you know, Mac Jones didn't play much, but Alabama. Trubi- Trubisky, Trubisky was one and done and went he had, three. Trubisky had that didn't starts. Go well. Was it 19, 13 starts, North Carolina? Yeah, I thought it was started. just the one season. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty and Mark rare. Sanchez. But, the, you know, but Trubisky wasn't there for one year. He was a backup before, right? Yeah, he was in the program for three or yeah, four I years. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and Trey did watch Easton Stick for one year, but he really – at the level of football, and I'm not here to denigrate North Dakota State football. They have an amazing program. K- Kyler, are, Kyler was kind of a one-year starter once he transferred. Mac right? Jones? Did you say Mac? Yeah, I said Mac, oh. but that's that's Alabama. Tua to hurt that hip, though. Remember, Mac played those Tua last was like, in five and games. Out. Um, maybe just the combination of the – there used to be the rule. What was the rule? 
you, you had to have 36 yeah, well, starts. Yeah, Parcells had like 32 starts or 28 yeah, starts like, or then, you know, And it's just didn't come in right away. But Got then, a little outdated, that, that. That Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco class changed things. Where And then Andrew Luck, obviously. Uh, but Andrew got three years in, so he he yeah. made his start, so he was ready. Um, so it's it's going to take. But, time. but here here here's what we were saying though, Greg, and we've been talking a lot about this, obviously, as everyone has. If he had never played, and they were lucky, they had Jimmy on the roster, so if he had to sit out the whole year, they were prepared to do that. But Jimmy got hurt, and he got thrown into the action. But if he would have had to start next year, week one, never taking a snap. Why would we expect like it to look that much? He would maybe be a little bit more mature and physically a little bit bigger or whatever and understand the terminology and the offense better, but he would still be the speed of everything. To just expect he'd be like Patrick Mahomes, hit the ground running. Like, like did you see uh, Chris Sims kind of took the L? He's like, Justin Fields is better than I thought he would be because Justin Fields, the more he plays, it's like the more you guys call games when you're 20, and then by the time you're 22, you, the more you do anything, you get better. So it's like this guy, the fans, like Jimmy plays this weekend. There, there's a chance he throws two picks and he looks average because he's kind of been hit or miss most of this year because he's kind of a hit or miss player. So no one, like, is Trey, how's he going to get any better without playing? Well, Mahomes did. Carson Palmer did not take a snap. I think there's a value for being in the system, being around it, especially if you have continuity with the coaching I, staff. I would agree there. I mean, that's, but... I mean, I, you know, there was a time where you didn't play rookie quarterbacks at all. They just, you know, some did, some didn't. Manning got, Manning got thrown right into it right away. Marino did not start right away. He came in off the bench, you know, middle of the year, I think a little bit earlier, the middle of the year against the Raiders and then made the start the next week. And he was great. Um, but look at all but, the other kids this year, the other four, picks in the top 15 are all playing you know they're getting valuable with, with reps. varying degree uh, it's different situations jackson but they're getting the but they're getting experience I know, in the but nfl this, but this this is a this is a super bowl roster with a heavy a high level of expectation as we talked about so let me let me ask you so if kyle thought trey lance gave him a best, best chance to win trey lance would play you would agree at this mm. stage right now jimmy garoppolo gives this team the best chance to win correct you know i i It'd be hard to say because I think a young player with his skill set, you could make a dramatic jump in a couple weeks span. Even if it's just a minute thing, it could be so but they, big for but him. But you could lose. You could lose those two games waiting for that but they, to happen. But they were losing. They lost games with Jimmy. Well, right? I think I, I personally think just watching Kyle's offense, it's completely different when Jimmy's the quarterback. But like the trade. Seattle game, when they're kicking their ass, they can't score points, and they're they're putting up all these yards. But it's not like they're putting in the end zone with Jimmy. Well, but that was you know the kicker, Robbie got hurt pregame. Uh, yeah, that was a problem. He missed, you know, you missed a field goal you should have made. It should have been. I thought, Mi- I thought Mitch actually did an admirable job. The ball, good he did, ball but you know, <laughs> he made the one extra point, but then he he missed the forty-one yarder, and it, you, now all of a sudden, yeah, throws you, you off. Fourth down, it changes everything. Where if you keep adding and keep, uh, and then you lose Jimmy. Jimmy got hurt early in that game, third snap of the game. Kerry Hyder hit him in the calf, and you could see with the knowledge that he was going to leave the game at halftime. His body began to deteriorate in that game. He was limping. He got a couple of yeah. major tags that's, okay, that's, in that game. So he he began to slide a little. I I personally think the offense is just it's just it's the whole width of the field. It's everything. It's the whole playbook is at your disposal when when Jimmy's the quarterback. So if you're the opponents, it's harder to play against 
the San Francisco 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Now there's certain positions and moments where Trey's running ability makes it more of a challenge. Like a defensive end. I it's think harder to chase well, it, Trey than And just the way you're going to play it. But just look at how Kyle structures the offense. I mean, everything with Trey is shotgun, pistol, always reading the mesh point, always incorporating the threat of his run, running ability, which is great. But that's not really what Kyle's offense is. I think he's going to marry it all together when Trey takes over. But I'd like to see more. Uh, and some of it is, I was talking to him today about it, uh, this game Sunday is the first time the 49ers are going to face a 4-3 base team in the Colts. Everybody else has been a 3-4. And the Colts do have their their ends out wider in the wide nine, so it's hard. But to me, you know, close your eyes and just what is the identity of the 49ers offense? It's Whether it's Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan, it's that outside zone. And the complementary movement from the quarterback off of it. The boot, the keep game, all that, dragging three levels and have we seen that play very much this year? We we have, but it was kind of it was kind of working against Arizona with Elijah Mitchell, and I know they were down, but it was only ten nothing. They kind of abandoned it a little bit. But it was done out of a gun. Yeah, it's a different. Well, can way Trey to not run play, can Trey not do it under center? No, he did at North Dakota State. He did. Well, that's what I'm but saying. But I think what what Kyle's what what he looks Kyle's playing master chess, and I've got the fans listening to this right now. Greg are going well this what year. They, what are they going? Well, they're, think, they're thinking he's not doing that well, Kyle. He's a little off. Just no, in the I, ebb and flow of his play calling. He schemes the play. He's tr- Your job as a coach is to come up with a scheme, a game plan that accentuates your players, and especially a quarterback. So he's molded his game plans now and the structure of his offense, the way they line up. I don't think we're pre-snap uh, shifting as much with Trey. Uh, with Jimmy, it'd be constant. You know, Kittle moves the, the, across, to me that, Welly that, moves the, across. Jets. We do a lot of the jet sweep out of the gun because you got a jet sweeper here. No one, no one's arguing that type. You know, the the super complexity. But it was just like even last week. Why not? The kid played under center in college. Like he is comfortable because with that. Why I, because, couldn't he do that? Because because getting back to what I'm saying, he doesn't. The guy he just got here and he's smart, but it's going to take him a long time to download his brain into the full breadth. I think there's of the playbook. I think he's running what he runs and what they coach him to run. And with, it's not the same depth of it with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, the playbook well, is completely open. Now, what, your point is that the guy's got a stronger arm. He's got legs. Take a couple you know, deep shots, you know. He, I mean, well, and they'll cause the defense to just bust. I think there'll be t- times when they just bust because they're afraid of his leg. I mean, why does Lamar Jackson get all these wide open receivers? Because they're scared shitless, all, and I can yeah. say that on this podcast, but his running ability, once he starts pressing the line, this guy's the best running back in the league outside of Derrick Henry. If I don't come screaming up and take him down, he's gone. But I just came up early. I dropped my coverage, and now Hollywood Brown's naked, or Mark Andrews is wide open, and he just, like, throws the dart. So that's what Kyle's trying to, you know, show conflict in the defense. Kyle's trying to win games. That's his job right now. The season, we just started. I know they're two and three. There's a long way to go. I mean, Tampa last year was seven and five. They got hot and they they ran the table. You know, so and this team they had Tom you know, Brady. I understand. I understand that. <laughs> but Greg, I think to answer the question you asked, what makes it more difficult to be a defensive coordinator the night before the 49er game? I think if Trey Lance plays by week ten or eleven or twelve, it could be that you would rather face. 
Jimmy Garoppolo because this isn't the 2019 team around him. So what really is your what are you get no. what are you winning towards? Well, but if he doesn't have the full width of the playbook, then it's not. Right now, when Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback, you're defending the entirety of a Shanahan system and everything he can do. Now, from a pure skill standpoint, sometimes we get we get too into how it looks, how it comes out of his hand, how he runs. I remember having a conversation with Paul Hackett, who, you know, people have an opinion on Paul. You see Davis? Uh, I, was, I was always fascinated. Uh, he's a great man. Uh, his son's a, a, a offensive Green Bay Packers guy. Nathaniel yeah. Hackett. I love Paul. Yeah. But I was always – Chad Pennington always fascinated me because Chad Pennington was so good in so many aspects of playing quarterback, his, his ball handling, his footwork. And it was everything under center then. His play faking, I mean, Steve DeBerg was probably the best play faker I've ever seen. But Weakest Chad arm in the Pennington league. He was so good at it. He was so good at everything except one thing, throwing the football. He was terrible thrower of the football. Everything was a changeup. It was like, is it ever going to get there? It was like suspended in animation. like. Ooh. So I, I remember like... This Paul, how did you coach Chad Pennington? And he said, Greg, it doesn't always matter what it looks like. It's just, and that, this is, you know, at the time he was working for Al Davis's Raiders and Al wanted, phew, he wanted it to, Al, it mattered how it looked. So there is a lot to that with Jimmy. I think we're too into how it looks. And, you know, I, one thing I wish we had um, is velocity readings on quarterbacks. Agree. You know, baseball is every throw. We know exactly. And we get it at the we get it at the combine when they throw, but we never get it again. Because why yeah. is that? Because there's a set. Well, they spot they, they measure the it. They just do the thing. Yeah. The, but but know. can't they with the next gen stats? Can't they? The moment it leaves his hand, I bet it's coming. On the field, I bet it's coming. It arrives at John's hands here, and it took that long to get there. Can't we say immediately what the? So I I think what the point is that Trey. The ball comes out faster, there's no doubt. Is more horsepower. He's far more athletic. He runs away from pressure. If your offensive line's going to be leaky at times, you know, how many times would Jimmy have been sacked in the Arizona game? We could play that game. Yeah. But I, I, I think if you asked uh, the other teams, yeah, Trey is someone you'd have to specifically prepare for this player differently than you would Jimmy. But Jimmy's going to bring out the other 10 guys more but they lack the playmakers that, right now that, that they don't trace you... trey's ability to run and always be live in the running game just changes the box count there so that's where you kind of get into the yin and the yang of of where they go here but it's it's the age-old dilemma i mean the warriors had this a little bit with james wiseman last year these are young men you know essentially one and duns um how do you pre- how do you prepare them to be able to progress through their career and get the necessary reps and still try to win each and every game. I don't want to make it sound like uh, there's not a a very legitimate case for Jimmy, but I do think one of the – they they don't have Kittle right now. Ayuk is not the guy he was last year. So they do lack just dynamic playmaking, right, when you say you have the whole breadth of the offense for Jimmy. But, like, what what is that? Well, how many times have we seen Kyle just scheme it up where there's wide-open receivers? 
And it's based on that's that's where I think they need to refine. But Mozart used to hit those big runs in 2019 well, that obviously you yeah, know, well, lacking that speed. speed. He just outruns. Well, I know. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. But for I'm Jimmy. talking more in the pa- passing game where. But that helps the passing game the, when the, the running game's dicing people. Well, and the, and the, the passing, the, the running game is the foundation of the house. That's how that's how it all works off that play action. So I think where they changed is how they run play action with Jimmy versus Trey. Jimmy, it's more, even Jimmy's more shotgun than he used to be, but he's far more, the pro football focus people, uh, Deanie sent it to me early in the week, or maybe it was after the Arizona game. Um, like Trey's in under center less than 10% of the time. And Jimmy, it's it's less than 50-50. It's more gun than under center, but it's it's almost 50-50. It's very close. Where to me, it's just, uh, and, but Trey, Trey was raised at North Dakota State under center. So I think they will get there, but in order to use him as much as they can use him, because he doesn't know, he can't possibly know everything Jimmy knows. And even Jimmy said this year, I, I'm, I'm, I have a better handle on the offense now than when I got here. They traded for Jimmy in 2017. And I know he got hurt one year, but he's been around the program for a long, long time. Trey just can't simply know as much because he hasn't been here as much. And for that reason, they've, They've shrunk it down a little bit like they did when Garoppolo first got here and he went 5-0 and in 17. They didn't run everything, but they got him. They, they repped him and uh, got him up to speed on what they wanted to run that sp- for those specific games to run these specific plays. One thing's clear in this division, assuming Russell doesn't demand a trade this offseason, that offense is... You know, in theory, it should be a lot better than it even was. You know, Shane Waldron hasn't gone smooth, but the Arizona offense is how good is Rondale Moore from Purdue? Holy moly! Oh. And, and the Rams offense is going to be fantastic. I mean, it's just you got to score points. Yeah. And that's what was crazy about like, you know, it's just nature of fans acting like Kyle's a villain. It's not like he forgot football, but they just were not scoring points when they were moving the ball in certain situations, which was when they were on even last year with some of the backups, and definitely two years ago they were scoring points. Yeah, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they were the second highest scoring team in pro football. They averaged almost 30 a game, 29.8. Baltimore was higher. And what was really interesting to me is both those two two teams were one and two in rushing in the league, and Baltimore was very different. And that's the way I think the 49ers are kind of moving towards the quarterback-centric running game. Which is fascinating to me to see how much Kyle's embraced it now. But he's, but he's not. But he's not as elusive as Lamar. That's not really no, going to be still, his. No, no, Lamar. I mean, Derek. Well, obviously, he's not Lamar. He'll I get just better mean, as a runner, though. He hasn't been. He's his, running. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. But I, I mean, you one game, his, one injury, though. You watched his tape in college. I saw. Him Could have been a right passing throw. Could have been a passing play, John. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that's true. But the, the the 49ers were the second highest scoring team in football. And they did it with a basically a run-based team. Jimmy threw what he threw that year? Twenty-nine touchdowns. Uh, you know they, they threw the ball, but uh, they, they were they were number two in the NFL in rushing. They were number two in the NFL in points scored. So you can you can score running like that. Um, but to you think Kyle, point, you think Kyle misses Lafleur a little bit? I mean, that was one of his right-hand men for a while. No, I think I think McDaniel, you know better than me. Uh, Bobby Slowick's in that spot. I don't. I mean, I'm not in the meeting room when they do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you miss people to bounce ideas off of, but they got. Then you get. I'm like Al Al Davis. I'm like Al Davis. I just start going after assistants. Like, is 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 Wes Welker actually? Well, eventually he's going to fire the head coach too. So and the defensive (laughs) coordinator is going to be in trouble. (laughs) But to your point about Arizona, they yeah, I mean, Fortnite held them down, 
but you know, they're going into that game. They were averaging 35 a game. How many and passes what, he missing that game guy? About three that could have been big Kyler. He missed Ooh, a touchdown. Yeah. Oh pass. yeah. I mean, they could have scored yeah. some more points. The under throw yeah. the, well, the ball to AJ green in the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a perfect thrower. You know how much Kyler? I like Kyler coming out of, out of college. I did his first game that year at Oklahoma and I was obsessed with him. You told David uh, Force to draft him. He already did. He oh, I guess. Yeah, you're before right. Before that year, he was, uh, he had, he'd already been drafted. What was he, number nine, eight, nine, eight or nine? nine yeah. I think he had Billy and uh, Baby Gap gave him over $10 million in a bonus he had to repay. So, uh, Worked out well for amazing, Kyler. That was the amazing thing was going into that year, and he became the Heisman Trophy winner after Baker. But he's, he's still room to grow with that quarterback, as skilled as he is. But they're good. Arizona's added a lot of veterans on that team. They, they lack leadership. And they bring in A.J. and J.J. and – James Conner and Rodney Hudson and even yeah. the kicker, Matt Prater. They had so many problems with the kicking game. They that guy's a that guy's a solid guy. You can see where it's like even DeAndre Hopkins. I I, I was not impressed with him last year. His skill we well, can't his run size. He can't it, run. He can't well he doesn't he doesn't try to run. He's a terrible route runner. But his thing is just turn around and I'm open. Just throw me the ball. And he do, he do, it's generally, you know, he's so long. Or he's pass interference. Five X hands and he's huge. But even now, like the play, the most impressive play I've seen that guy make outside of the ridiculous physical, you know, the Hale Murray and all that stuff, is when he caught the ball on the sideline and he immediately just dropped to his ass and just stopped the clock. He kept the clock running, did not go out of bounds. Those are the kind of winning plays he wasn't making earlier. So Arizona's good. I mean, I, I think they're I think the Rams are the best team in the division, but Arizona's defense obviously is better than the Rams. But uh, Matthew Stafford could be the the ultimate difference maker in the in the in the division this year, and maybe in the whole NFC. Well, they got it, they got it to me to make the playoffs these next couple weeks. I mean, this you can't go zero and three to start your season at home, and then getting the Bears. I know it's on the road, and they're going to be tough. But playing a rookie quarterback, like you got to win these next two, and then you can kind of take a deep breath. Yeah. Well, these this the way I look at this portion of the schedule is that you're out of division. 49ers are playing the AFC South this year and the NFC North. So these are two from each, starting with the Colts from the AFC South, and uh, they're they're good. That running back, wow, I, I, I he is big and strong. And his, his only not, his only knock in college was fumbles was an issue, but that kid can play. Well, he has, a fumble, he has someone, one he has one fumble in two years. So I saw someone's headline was like Jonathan Taylor has turned into what everyone wanted Saquon Barkley to be. I mean, he is, <laughs> you know, yeah, Saquon not, Saquon got hurt. Saquon, I know, Saquon got Saquon, hurt. Saquon, but the point yeah. is like. Jonathan Taylor is a really high level, high character, just just a what a type guy, Kyle or Belichick, like Ballard. Oh, I mean, he's yeah, what he you runs, want. He runs the crap out of the outside zone. He's so good at it. In this system, he would be amazing. Carson's looked good the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he has. Well, I, I've I've always liked Carson once. I, I think he, to to Greg's point earlier, they they're uh they're second in the league in, or they're fourth in the league in takeaways. Niners are thirty first. Niners that, are point four takeaways a game. And, they're and it's, two. That, it's that middle linebacker they have, 53, Darius Leonard. Wow. That's one thing Fred has got to – Fred's not playing great this year. What's his issue right now? I don't know. I don't know. He's getting uh, physically knocked back a lot. Um, we're at the point of contact. He's not, you know, that knockback. He had that's not really his – he's not Bill Romanowski coming no, but he, downhill. He, solved is he? That, he had a problem with that his rookie year where he'd make contact with the back at three yards – and now it's a six-yard gain. Um, he, he solved it through technique and um, 
anticipation coming, you know, into it more. And this year, for whatever reason, he's he's not. I can remember two back-to-back runs against Carson, Chris Carson, where he got pushed back. It's a big game and for was, him. It was like wow. So, and then the thing that that Darius Leonard does that Fred was talking about doing coming into the year, but he hasn't been able to do it is just take the ball away. I mean, Darius Leonard's punching the ball out. It's like a yeah. speed bag. He's good. Uh, and they, a lot of guys that punch like that. I was talking to Kyle about that today. Shanahan is they they punch then they miss the tackle. He'll punch. And if he doesn't get the ball, he'll still tackle you. And then his nose for the ball, uh, as far as, you know, pass coverage is amazing. He's a great run player. So he's a special player. So this Colts game is going to be hard. And then Chicago, you said it, Fields is – my big thing with Fields, I just didn't think he saw the field well at all in college. I thought he played blind a lot. He'd go to his first, and then if he didn't have it, he came off of it. And he took a lot of sacks that he should not have. And I thought that would be a really prolonged problem for many, many weeks, if not his entire rookie year. But he's getting better and better and better. He's, he's just he's gotten so much better. The first game, how many times did he get sacked? The first game was insane. Well, that, and that wasn't all his fault. Khal- but you still, know, you Khal- can't you can't take sacks that. Yeah, much. no. no Khalil's, line, Khalil's still, turning back the clock a little got, this year. Then he got he got. Oh, he's playing he better. Going. So this these. I mean, I think the Colts game's the big one. It's a home game. The Bears game's going to be hard. Yeah. To go back there and deal with that defense and that front is going to be hard. They're fast. That's a great defense. You don't like McGlinchey on Khalil Mack? That's not a conducive (laughs) matter. (laughs) Yeah. Can Kittle come back for that one, or has he got another game? John, let's take a moment. Tell the people about Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code HAM and get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Yep, manscaped.com. Use a promo code HAM. Like I said, 20% off. You can get the uh, the weed whacker. Take out the nose hairs. You can go with the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, they just get better every single We've had the 2.0, the 3.0, now the 4.0. Can't recommend them enough. Uh, Manscaped, their products are just... The weed whacker really is a game changer. If you got nose hairs and you've been yanking them out with tweezers, you never have to do that again. Even, Guy, didn't you say you found one headed up? The up wrong the wrong direction. direction. Yep. And it, got it. it was like so. the Ivy at Wrigley. Like, no, you're not supposed <laughs> to grow that way. But the Weed Whacker took care of it. Plus, like John said, the Lawnmower 4.0, the craftsmanship, the details, the performance, next level, the advanced ceramic blade, and skin-safe technology. It's Manscaped, baby. Manscaped with the optimized Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof, so you can groom in the shower, don't have to worry oh. about making a mess. Plus the wireless charging game changer. Yeah. So manscaped.com promo code ham gets you 20% off and free shipping manscaped.com promo code ham podcast. Also brought to you by indeed indeed, John indeed use the code, uh, go slash ham indeed.com slash ham and get a $75 job credit uh, with your first job post. Yep. It, it, can't recommend it enough. Uh, don't struggle to find quality candidates. That's where Indeed comes in. They partner with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills that meet exactly what you require. Because we know hiring is not easy, especially during these times. Supply chain, worker shortages, it's never been harder. Luckily, people spend a lot of time on the internet, and uh, that's where Indeed is, indeed.com slash ham. So get a 70, right now, get a $75 sponsored job credit based on us. To upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ham, $75 job credit at indeed.com slash ham. 
Indeed.com slash ham. Valid through December 31st. I got one just quick football question. Greg Papa, drafting, you get the choice of two quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Which one would you take? Oh. <laughs> How good are those two guys? Justin, Justin, Her- Justin Herbert. Really? Why? Justin, well, we were texting when I was watching the practices at Costa Mesa. How sweet Justin was he Justin Herbert, I, I don't think he missed a throw for two days. I don't think there was a ball on the ground. He's just. How big is he in why person? Why did he not go? He went six. Why, why didn't he go one? Why did Why did he not go five to Miami? Well, Burrow Burrow had just won it all and was Burrow's pretty good. I know, but, but I I take Herbert over Burrow. Well, the his now offense you college. No, I take I, t- I take Herbert over Burrow right now. But Burrow's well, damn well, good. After I, Patrick Mahomes, tell me it'd be, it'd be Josh. It'd be Josh Allen or Herbert. This guy Josh is no, pretty Justin special. Justin Herbert's a better thrower. Okay. What about the throw Josh made on Monday Night Football? Rolling Josh is right a great thrower. And, and I think Josh still a little bit like Kyler Murray, a little bit runs too much. But that's the only way Buffalo will run it because Brian Dable doesn't acknowledge that he has any running backs on the damn field. The you know the franchise they gave us OJ and Thurman Thomas and Albert Devin, uh, Cookie Gilchrist, and you're not going to run the ball at all in Buffalo? You know, the winds blow a little bit there. But Josh is perfect for Buffalo because of the arm strength. Um, but as far as pure stroking the ball, I mean, if it's third down and six, I want Justin Herbert. Maybe over anybody in the game right now. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees was so great on third down. This guy is just um, – and the, the last game – His two receivers are pretty sweet too. I they're, mean, they're, guys... they're fantastic, but yeah. he, makes his, he makes them good. Uh, I mean, after Mahomes – and Mahomes is even – Playing, he's playing like he's back. Well, he's turning the ball over, but they're scoring a ton of points. He fumbled the snap, and then he goes like he's back in college. That was bad. Like, what are you doing? He he threw it up in the air. That's what I saw. I didn't like him coming out of. I thought he was reckless. Herbert, I I mean, I watched him, and he would be like, in college, it would be great play, great play, great play, great play, great play. What the fuck was that? What did he just do? And you're like, why did he do that? He tried to run too much. He's not doing that in the NFL. And it's just great play after great play. I mean, to He's me, awesome. he looks like a, a bigger Marino. I mean, well, maybe even has a better down-the-field throwing arm than Marino. He is. After Mahomes, and I could even say I'd take him over Mahomes. But Mahomes has, you know, won the MVP of the Super Bowl in the league, and he's accomplished things Herbert hasn't yeah. done. Herbert's got to win. But honestly, from a pure scout standpoint, yeah, What'd I mean, physically, Her- Herbert would be like, you know, just body type would be LeBron James, and one guy would and be like, ball placement. You know, small. The way, he, the way he repeats high-level NFL throws, no matter where you're going, if it's a check down to a back, it's always on the front hand. There's nothing reaching back. Well, of Mahomes, of Mahomes, Allen, and Herbert, Herbert's by far the most calm and just like what the least herky-jerky and just he looks like a Marino or an Elway, just – they just stand there, luck, same with luck, and just wait, wait, poof. And his arm, like, you know, Marino or Elway, is obviously better than luck, but he is. The the, the Chargers should. Josh I mean, Allen, though, I mean, part of the reason I'm so fascinated. His improvement, though, is awesome. With Herbert that, is, because um, I saw him, you know, I stood right next to him on the practice field and just watched him for two straight days, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. Well, he's 6'6". Six, six. The best quarterback I've ever seen, but not just the size, yeah. He sees over it, and he's just – but his the, the ball placement, 
Uh, he's as accurate as anybody you've seen. He just doesn't miss throws. There's nothing you can't do. Um, Josh Allen, when he came in, when the Bills came in to play the 49ers on Monday Night Football, as far as a game goes, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has got just psycho arm talent. But he's like a, a Max Scherzer as a pitcher where he can give you the 98-mile-an-hour fastball, but he can also give you every specialty pitch there is. And, you know, Rodgers can go here and just drops it in. I mean, whatever requirement of a throw to execute on that play, he's going to hit it. Where Josh is just his arm talent is just wow. Like that, that Monday night football game last year was the night when Kyle was like, yeah, we're going to trade three first round picks and go get a quarterback. No, you know what I think it was? I think it was uh, when the Rams got Stafford. I that probably that, helped that, too. That we went, oh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> he was they vacationing. Just, they just jumped up in level because they were all in on Stafford. And I love Stafford. I, I've loved him forever. Um, well, and but, it really hurt. The Niners were great against golf, so it directly hurt them. Well, but and they were trying to get Stafford. Now Stafford goes to your one of your competitors, and it just raises the level of their offense. I mean, it, how much is he worth? A touchdown a game, ten points yeah, a game, explosive I, I don't plays know. too well, on I mean, drives for field goals. I mean, everything. he's worth a I lot. I mean, it's just, yeah. it takes their offense to another level. I thought there would be a little bit of an adjustment for him with a new system and terminology, and there hasn't been. And he's just so I think when the Rams got Stafford, I believe that's when Kyle said, we got a, we got an arms race here. We got to keep up. Yeah. And we had all these, you know, you can't get Deshaun Watson was in play for a nanosecond. And then that all thing went crazy. And then you saw all the, the talent that was there in the draft. So they went that way. But I think the, uh, the Rams getting Stafford was the, the motivator to really, we got to, we're going to be in this arms race. We got to, we got to bring in a new arm. One other point on Herbert, though, too, is like he's functionally very smart. You know, he's like a 438 GPA biology major, Campbell Trophy Award winner. As opposed to just being very smart, he's functionally very smart. Yeah. Well, like some guys are, you might have a great GPA, but it doesn't mean you, you under, you can see football. He plays, like he I think it smart. translates. Yeah. Um, because you for know, guys, I, you, you guys know how much I love Andrew Luck. I mean, he was like my favorite of all time. I'd take Justin Herbert over Andrew Luck. I would too. Yeah. I mean, Probably can avoid injury, maybe a little bit better, but just playing the position. I mean, Andrew was like more explosive. Andrew, and, and, and Andrew threw like ninety-four on. miles an hour. If it was a baseball, Herbert's throwing hundred. To me, that's the difference. Do you actually see radar gun readings? No, I mean, I just I I can eyeball it now pretty I'd well. Like like, G, like Jimmy's ninety-two, Trey's ninety-seven, ninety-eight. But Jimmy's got like it gets on you. Like, they're all like actually sixty. No one's throwing ninety-two. Well, I know, but I but we I got to equate I would it to like baseball. To see that? Why don't we have that? Get on that. Let's I'd say Pennington. Pennington was about uh, 84. He was pitch. Charlie Huff. He was Charlie Huff. <laughs> yeah. He was late Jared Weaver. <laughs> Tom Not Candiotti. Who's Duvall on the Giants? Mahomes? Allen? Hell yeah. <laughs> he, yeah that Herbert. guy's throw some Justin cheddar. Herbert. Everything's 102. <laughs> All right, Greg. Hey, let's go watch some football. We've taken too much of your time. Oh, we got a football game it. now? Yeah, we got De- Fangio and uh, Stefanski. I think I'm going to get a shot of Cheetos going. You guys know where yeah. I get that? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll I'll bring you over your, a bottle this week. Oh, on your front there door. it is. There it is. There's nothing in here, though, except Tito a little Pop, bit. Tito Papa. Tito Fuente is my favorite Tito of all time. You know, this guy's name is actually Tito Beverage. His last name is Beverage. It's, it's, his given name is Beverage? Yeah, Tito no. Beverage. He didn't change his name? No. It's legit. Wow. Number one vodka in America. That's so ironic. I know. Beverage. Do you, have Tito's at, do you guys have Tito's at your home bar? 
I they have nothing but gold bar whiskey in my bar. Oh, that's <laughs> the sound effect. It's, it's, I may have one. Do I have one right here? No, it's in the bar in the other room. I got it. Okay, we'll tell Jed, uh, Guy, and John say hello this weekend, and uh, have you mean John or Eddie? What's his name again? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm Billy. Uh, Hi, sir. Yeah, tell Kyle, you know, get Trey under center when he comes. They're the ones that got me the jersey. Isn't that, isn't that foresight of them to give me that Trey Lance jersey before they drafted Trey Lance? Pretty good. <laughs> Poor Jeff Garcia. Yeah. Jeff Garcia was a good player. I love Jeff Garcia. <laughs> yeah, I do too. He was a very I good player. Watch. Proud of I was. called that first ever touchdown pass at San Jose State. Who do you throw it to? Holy uh, oh. <laughs> oh, Sheldon Canley. Who was the coach? Uh, it was Jim Sweeney at Fresno State against oh. Claude Claude Gilbert. Was it Claude Gilbert? And it was Claude Gilbert, right? Well, this Sounds have been yeah. like the mid. When was Garcia in college? Like mid nineties, ninety five ish. I think earlier nineties, like ninety one, ninety two. I think his name was it was Claude Gilbert. And Dilfer, Low Neal. Yeah, I did the yeah. They had uh That's a pretty good game. Oh my back. god, the Fresno State um Fresno State San Jose State game was the highlight of the year. Uh uh no Jeff's what was James Saxon was the running back. Yeah, he's a running back coach. Was, I don't think he was there with Jeff. But uh Fresno State had Trent Dilfer. Remember Aaron Craver? The running, running back? back Aaron Craver. Yeah. And then Lo Neal, yeah, who was a hell of a good. I mean, one of the best. How good was that guy in college? Fantastic lead blocker, but he could also run. He he would. Uh, looking up Claude Gilbert, they used to have hellacious games. Yeah, Claude pretty, Gilbert was uh, San Jose State. It's pretty nuts. Garcia, six feet tall. He graduated in '94. That's when he came out. I would imagine in 2021 he would have been a draftable player, right? The well, the Raiders, and those types. The Raiders brought him in and worked him out. And John, but he went, but he went right to the like CFL, yeah, Calgary. Uh, they, they. Oh, you're saying coming out of the CFL? Yeah. '98. He came they, to they, the Niners in '99. Was his first right. year. Bill Walsh got him, but uh, the Raiders looked at him and didn't like him. Hmm. Uh, I thought one thing he did so well. Rich Gannon did this as well too. Was and this is something Trey Lance can improve upon is um, press the line of scrimmage, <clears throat> but always keep himself available as a thrower. Where Jeff Garcia, there's times where you thought, did he cross the line? He would take it right to the line of scrimmage. And then you get, you know, defenders would bust. And he'd make a, you know, throw coming. He'd go right towards the line of scrimmage, straight ahead. And Isn't that a throw. great Russell Wilson attribute? Russell's more of a, yeah, totally. But most Deshaun, more Deshaun Watson was good at it too, kind of. Uh, yeah. Garcia was really good at that. Now, we had Garcia when he was older uh, to, nurture, oh, nine. to nurture Jamarcus. And, That's quite uh, the room. God bless him. He and he was, he played. He outplayed uh, Jamarcus. He was better than Jamarcus. He knew the plays. Well, he was, and but I remember pulling him aside, and I said, he was he would he would be upset that you know why aren't I playing? I'm like, you are never going to play here. That's not going to happen. So, but he would compete with Jamarcus rather than try to nurture him. He would he would compete with him. I said, "Al's not gonna, you are not gonna play here." Yeah, hey Jeff, they're not checking your DVDs that's, that's, like that's they not are. Gonna Jamarcus, happen. It's, they don't that's care. Not gonna happen. And then wind up, Al wound up getting rid of him in the off season because he was too good. He wasn't he was nurturing. Making, he, was, he was making Jamarcus look bad. He was too no. good. Oh, it's not nurturing. No. Okay, Greg. Greg, thank you. Time to go watch football. Time yep. to go watch football. Case Keenum. That'll be good. Not man. a great game. Warriors yeah. play tonight, though. 
Any game is a great game. That's true. If we're thankful, I had yeah, fun. The fun See was you. ours. It's yes, Cheetos thanks. time. That's Cheetos right, baby. <laughs> Stay in touch, guys. All right, Greg. Good seeing you. Adios, Pop. Take care, John. Take care, guy. See ya. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. Later. Bye. And there he goes, John. There goes Greg Papa. I mean, how long was that interview, guy? That uh, that was about an hour five. We told him twenty minutes. We he was good. Did I say this earlier in the show that we he agreed to do the show? He jumped on with us from le- leaving Levi Stadium in the Tesla. the uh, The reception was not good, so he said, "I'll call you guys back when I get home." And um, so, really, what you got was an hour. But he's talked to us for probably, you know, an hour and a half today. I think it worked out pretty well in our favor that the, the Tesla thing kind of fell apart and we got him that way. I'd say uh, we got lucky. I was a little nervous early on, just in fairness, the connection or whatever, yeah. but the transition and uh, somehow it always ends up back to Herbert, even if we're talking 49ers. Well, so. you asked. It was a great question. What a great well, question. I was thinking about it. I'm like, I know this guy has watched every because I remember texting him. I, I'd forgotten that when I asked him the question, but I'm like, this guy's the biggest football junkie. Like he's a. I'll give him credit. Like he's a much bigger football junkie than I was, even when I worked in the NFL. Like this guy, truly, he, there's no doubt in my mind. The moment he saw Herbert at practice and raved about him, he makes uh, an, a conscious effort to watch every one of his games, yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday of the week, right? Right. Even though right. the Chargers have nothing to do with his jobs and his life, it's just out of passion. It's for fun. The player. Yeah. Al, Al would Al would have talked about Herbert and Josh Allen every day in the hallway with him. I think he under. I, I think sometimes. It shows you the preconceived notion, and when a guy struggles early, you always kind of go, well, he had some struggles. Like, to me, Josh Allen now has proven this last year and a half, like, this is Josh Allen. Right? Yeah. Herbert, Herbert's come in and just been Herbert from the jump, so it's like all we know is sweet Herbert, where it's like, well, Josh, it took a year and a half for him to figure it out. So, like, he has that, even though it's like, well, guys, we're watching him. He's, like, leaping over guys like John Elway in the Super Bowl and making these plays. Like, he's incredible. I think it's what it is with Herbert is – it, Mahomes is like so Herbert, quickly. right? Mahomes was immediately awesome. Yeah, and even so on a but, higher level. Yeah, yeah. But I think the thing with Herbert is you almost think like, is this too good to be true? But then when you watch him, it makes complete sense that he's as good as he is, right? You go, well, okay. If I if my if my take is going to be Herbert, this is too good to be true. Then what am I going to say? He's over that like is not real with him right now. He's elite athletically. He's super smart. His team is good. His coach is clearly good. He's His, huge. The team around him is good. He he actually in a weird way, for for a guy who does who can ad lib plays really under control for a player of his skill set. Right, normally if you have extreme skill, you have great arm, you do crazy shit like Favre. I, I guess maybe he just does crazy shit, but it looks so easy that it that maybe I don't view it the same way as I, th- I would. I think I think Al, I think I think Allen plays much closer to Mahomes' style of just yeah. pulling shit out of his ass and running yeah. around and doing three sixties. Where Herbert is, I think for true purists. And I, I know I like him just because I naturally root for the West Coast guys, but like he is a throwback and just he's sitting there, sitting there. It's not herky jerky. Where Josh is, I like herky jerky. Like I mean, I, I to me Josh Allen and Herbert, but I do like he is Andrew Lucky that way. Where it's just like this guy plays like he's Philip Rivers, but his skill set's much stronger, right? Because the one thing uh, I always respect about Rivers, no, no Herbert. Like Plays Herbert like Rivers, just, Rivers in what way? Well, just stay in the pocket, stay in the pocket, oh, wait, 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 and then. But he can yeah. just throw these hundred mile an hour fastballs, R- right? He, I, he can move I think more. A, but it's a good point. When I, I said Herbert, which way? I mean, um, uh, Rivers. 
I think because Phillips' arm wasn't as strong, the stuff he did looked riskier. Herbert does it. It doesn't look as risky, but it's just less risky because his, he, just, he can do things that Philip probably tried to do and wasn't always capable of doing. Well, I think Philip got a lot of credit because he would just sit in the pocket. Part of it, he couldn't move. So he would get destroyed as he was delivering these passes. Where Allen and Mahomes are like, I ain't getting destroyed because I'm going to do three 360s. I'm going to jump over this guy, and then I'm going to throw this 40-yard ball to Keenan Allen or Tyree Kill, and it's the highlight of the weekend. Where Herbert can like have the rollouts and stuff, but he truly does. Is like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, this is going to work, and then I'm going to deliver a strike. And he can do the rollout stuff, but he's less likely to have like the make two D tackles miss run. I mean, Mahomes is much closer to, he basically is far of Allen's probably somewhere in the middle. Herbert's more probably like eighties, nineties type guy with the ability to move around a little bit. And then Lamar's in his own little world. Cause to me, Mahomes has some plays where he like runs 15 yards back, says, I'm going to go to get to the sideline. I'm cut off. Then I'm going to scroll back. He's like right. Deshaun Jackson running around, but then he throws it. Which is fun. I mean, it's it's very entertaining. Now, if you're a football purist like a Greg who's learned from all these coaches and that's the way they think, like I I came from Andy Reid. He like kind of likes that shit, you know? You yeah. Know? But it's again, just, that's just why I let think your guys cook. That's why I think Herbert's unique because I think Herbert does things that would be nuts if somebody else did them, but they don't feel crazy when I he agree. does them. Whereas when Josh Allen does some crazy shit, it feels kind of crazy. But it's cool. It's great. And it works. Yeah. Okay. We intended to do some other stuff on the pod today, but I think that's going to be it for today. Yeah, good talk. That was fun. Tell everybody you heard Greg Papa. Send them the link. We appreciate that. Yeah. Get some mailbag questions in for the next mailbag. We'll have a mailbag coming out on Saturday, but you can still get some in for next week. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.